Hey. Hey, Steve, can you hear me? What? Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, cool. It's, uh, it's kind of windy here. What is, do you hear that or no? Is that bad? Yeah, I, I, I hear quite a bit of wind. A lot of wind? Yeah, I mean, I'm able to hear you right now, but it's enough that I probably wouldn't be able to hear everything you said if you said like a long sentence or something or a long paragraph. But now there's no wind, so I don't know. Yeah. All right. I don't think that's going to work. I didn't realize how windy it was. I'm, I'm close to my house. I'll start working back. Okay. You, you might just be able to, like, uh, I don't know, maybe use a windshield to like, keep your hand up in front of the microphone or something like that? I don't know. I have, I have like, uh, in, so I don't know how that's going to work. Yeah, I don't know. Um, if you want to test it out, I know being outside is good. If you want to, like, test out a couple of your hands around it or anything like that. Uh, I'm going to try... I'm gonna try my backyard instead. I think. Okay. Yeah. If you're in an area with a with a wall around. Yeah. How is it there? I think I saw some rain was coming tomorrow, right? It's been raining for the past few days here. Um, oh, okay. Probably past five days is rain every day. Wow. And it's supposed to rain later today, and I think next couple of days as well. But we had a little moment. I mean, right now it's not raining, and we had a little moment of sunshine, but we have a little bit of a like light cloud coverage so there's a bit of sun going through right now okay yeah yeah tomorrow this weekend doesn't look good uh trying to get outside today if we can yeah same here i'm out running around right now <laughs> let's see what happens i'm coming back on the wi-fi okay oh good so far Feels good to test. Yeah, yeah, it's a good idea. Uh, okay, I'm on Wi-Fi now. Okay, still sound good. No drop. Okay, that's good. Nope, still sounds the same. Cool. Yeah, I just wanted to be like walking, but that wind problem is real. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think uh, I don't think Neuralink will have that problem. No, probably not, but there'll probably be other wind, like an electromagnetic <laughs> wave or something. <laughs> yeah, we'll still have technical difficulties, like maybe from the uh, the power wires in the street or something. Right, but... Inter interference. <laughs> but probably the bandwidth will just, or the connection will just drop, like, you know, to talking level normal or something like that. Cause it's already yeah. much higher level of you know, bandwidth. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I know, like, I, I've been wanting to talk to you for a while. I had a bunch of other stuff to talk about, but I, think I'm just, I just basically dropped all of that today in place of this new thing. What are you talking about? The, like, decentralized idea market kind of, like, finding truth kind of social media thing, you mean? Or Yeah, yeah, I, um, like, as of, like, an, like, an hour ago, I just dropped everything else. Right. Um, and I like, I, I had come across this when I guess he posted this on medium, uh, what was this February of last year. And I think I encountered it at some point last year, but I just, it didn't click with me at the time. I don't know why. I think I thought it was more like auger where it was just betting on events and it was like, um, 
like there was finality to it, but that was wrong. Um, it's like it's a perpetual idea, like pricing discovery. Right. Um, and it's just like everything I've been looking for, and I think it's a really, it's very topical, like right now, like as of like the last week. Yeah. Yeah, especially with what happened. I mean, it's very topical in general, extremely topical, because it's like a cause or an amplifier of many problems and like dysfunctions are going on in the world and the country and stuff like that. And then also in the past few days with uh, Jack Dorsey and Twitter um, doing the fact check or whatever it's called on Donald Trump's tweet. Yeah, um, and I've been like, I was just texti- texting or uh, chatting with a uh, Sherpa, Shikling Sherpa, about, um, and even just like with my, I had a call this morning too about how like these institutions um, create bifurcation, and we we had talked about that word a while back too. Yeah, well, which um, since we've talked about that, I've probably heard that word like fifty times because <laughs> people just keep using <laughs> it. Now, once you introduce me to it. <laughs> Yeah, or maybe you just, yeah, or, I, yeah, I don't know how that Yeah, it, it tends to happen a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, and, like, I, 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 sent, I sent Sherpa this, this video. It's, like, the institution creates these two camps, and, like, the easiest one, the easiest model is, like, left and right as far as the political spectrum. And so when, like, say, I come in and I say, not, I don't pick either side discreetly. So I, I don't subscribe to all of one camp um, as I think like maybe mo- most people fall into one camp, but if, instead I say the institution is creating this artificial bifurcation. But the risk of that is because you're not discreetly on one side, both sides default to viewing you as an adversary. Also, the institution can then, because they control the, the, the content and the narrative, can make it so that they feed the opposing narratives to both camps. So you can simultaneously be called a Marxist and a Nazi at the same time, even though they're completely opposite things, because the institution controls it. Well, uh, that's just like a, a simple example. Yeah, uh, I think I see what you're saying, but then at the same time, like both those words, like Marxist and not and 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 fascist or Nazi, I don't know which one you used, but yeah. uh, both of those also have like a lot of connotations. Like you can be like a, a fascist Marxist and just like you know, like believe in. I don't know. Well, I, I don't really know. I haven't studied either of them all that much. Yeah. I'm sure there are, uh, like, uh, what I mean to say is they're not words. It's kind of like liberal and Republican. Like, right. it, it, it's not such a specific word that it's like uh, one who jumps and one who does not jump. Like, it's not, uh, like, both of them have a lot, they're broad in their meaning. And so you can have some characteristics of a, a Republican and some characteristics of a Democrat, and you can be both a Republican and a Democrat at the same time, maybe in the same way that you can be both a 
Marxist or a fascist at the same time. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. totally. I just was trying to keep it fairly broad. Um, and then other thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean that issue I think is more about centralization versus decentralization because like Stalin, Stalin's uh, Russia was very centralized, and so was Hitler's Germany. They're both very centralized. So it's more about how how centralized something is, and like left and right kind of don't don't matter as much in a way. I don't know. That's separate, but. Um, yes, yeah, so this idea marketplace thing, um, it's really clever. I don't know how much you've like, how much you've looked at it. Um, so I know it's only been like an hour, but yeah. Um, uh, uh, I only briefly looked at the things that you just sent via text and I'd seen stuff like that before. And I thought about it quite a bit, like the voice app, for example, is like very much aligned with that same kind of mission. And I thought about that a lot. And in general, um, that, that, that's one of the main thing that attracts me or that I'm you know, most interested in uh, as far as like um, uh, how decentralized technologies can help with uh, social media and information. Because I think that basically every problem or every good thing like kind of the core of it like the source code of everything is information and education and so if you have a problem then like there's usually a root of that problem which is bad information or bad education which is bad absorption of information by the people um or like bad absorption and infrastructure around the information to help people learn the right information. So I feel like, yeah, basically like every problem is solved with better information and like social media is like one of our best tools or one of our best mediums, uh, one of our highest leverage mediums for uh, sharing better information. And right now, you know, there's a lot of flaws with it. Like there's a lot of people who get bad information. There's a lot of bad information out there. It's difficult to, parse good information um, and it, you know, it takes a lot of work to build a network and to find people who have the right information. A lot of people don't do it and even when you do, there's still constantly misinformation. So yeah, stuff like stuff like the, uh, the idea markets and voice and things like that that uh, can help to give better information and give incentives for better information because right now there's a lot of incentives to bad information, but we can revert that with better technology and then we can all be better off, a lot better off and solve a lot of the problems with that. Yeah, the, in the incentives, that's the key. Um, so some of like the, the social media platforms definitely like an upgrade to what we had before, but there are still problems. So in the case of like Reddit, like that's pretty good because it's like the upvote mechanism, but it's just like just because something has a lot of like it's popular like you'll, you'll see some popular uh reddit articles and then the top comment is like oh like it's wrong for this 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 and like that i feel like that's pretty common now so it's also because like there's no skin in the game like an upvote costs nothing right. uh, and you got a bot on so there I, yeah 
and so with idea markets, the way this is set up now, um, it costs, there's a cost to your upvote in a way. Right. And so, and it's about, it's for like publishers. So like NewYorkTimes.com, Fox News, WikiLeaks.com, they all have a buy and sell. The more, the more someone, the more buys there are, the, the higher the price goes, the higher the market cap. And then a certain amount of those at the top, top tier earn interest. So if you hold um, shares in the top ones, you earn interest. Except the cost to buy more shares is higher because it's the more, the more people buy it, the higher the price will be. So it's more expensive to buy a share. So basically what he's trying to do is make like, I guess Jimmy said, like NASDAQ plus Reddit. All right. And it makes it expensive to buy trust out of pocket. So if, if New York Times came in and they just wanted to buy up a bunch of their own shares, they would, they would make the price very expensive. And so what ultimately determines the price will be how accurate their content is or how, or how accurate the, the, the consumer of the content views that content to be. Right. Yeah. So uh, uh, one thing that uh, I wanted to add that, that in the beginning of that you were saying that um, social media is an improvement over what we had and in a lot of ways it is but in a lot of ways it also amplifies the problems I think too like mm. it, it's basically maybe it's better to think of it as an amplifier and that there's a lot of good mm. that we had already and that can amplify that but it also amplifies the bad but I don't know I, I also do agree that in a lot of ways it just like orders of magnitude and in zero to one new kind of way that is better too but just wanted to i don't know kind of balance that but because yeah, in some point. ways just does amplify the bad like you could have like one bad thing like say like one act which people get like angry about like uh, 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 like say for example the george flynn what happened there and like in the past people wouldn't have known about that most likely and mm. not many people would have gotten mad or not nearly as many but because technology social media can amplify these things and i mean i won't get into it too much but it just like um you know more people know about it so um in some ways like it's good that people know about those things but then also you get you know some some outrage and stuff like that which can also be causing more harm too um but yeah um that's a bit of a of a digression into there but so can, so then, then my concern is like, so it does amplify, yeah, you're right. Um, so then is there a way, like is, will the next thing of technology just do that again? Or is it because that this operates on a trustless way on a decentralized network that we can overcome a lot of those problems? Yeah, so we can definitely overcome a lot of those problems. Um, I mean, it'll continue to work as an amplifier, 
but I think that basically we can kind of put like circuit breakers in, so to speak. I don't know if that's the right word. And I don't mean circuit breakers in the form of like censorship or anything like that, but just, you know, more clever technology, right. like how a circuit board has, you know, uh, the amplifier and then the wires and the soldering and the regulators and the modulators and all these different things. And that allows you to make more complex uh, circuit boards that can do di different things with technologies for more um, specific outputs or things that you want coming out from it, right? So just like that, like mm -hmm. creating decentralized technologies and stuff and like being able to create different incentive mechanisms and like uh, decentralized value capture and stuff like that, then these are different kind of parts of a, a circuit board, so to speak, of like social media that you can add in, you know, this, this kind of token model or whatever, just as you would add in like a, a, a modulator or whatever on the circuit board. And then through that, you can still be like amplifying it and maybe amplifying it more with more power. But at the same time, you can kind of guide that current uh, to a better place where you're amplifying things that you want to amplify, things that are most helpful and beneficial for everybody to amplify. And then you're not amplifying the things that aren't beneficial. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds exactly exactly like what they're doing. Um, like reading through uh, that, that medium post to just see what else to talk about. Hey, check out. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. What are you going to say? Um, yeah, the thing that the thing that I the reason why I probably didn't look into it further is that uh, it operates on the assumption that discovering important truths with any kind of finality is impossible. Uh, idea markets like science share the principle that all discovery is tentative, pending improvement. Okay. So, so someone, so a a publisher that's in the top spot um, may not. It's not just necessarily going to remain there forever. So right now, with our media companies, they just maintain their dominance because they have this stamp of approval that they have just a monopoly on. Uh, whereas here, someone can get unseated if enough people buy, like, say, say like the the top. I think the way it works is it's very asymmetrical. So like only the top, um, the top account or the top publisher generates the interest from like all the other accounts or all the other publishers. And so it creates the, it's trying to create this good dynamic of, yes, it's at, it's, you're going to get an extremely high interest if you buy shares in the top account but it's also going to be very expensive to buy those shares while still managing enough incentive for the lower accounts to, to incentivize them to put out good content so they can unseat the top account. Right. So that gets more into like the contract mechanisms of like the, the interest bearing accounts, um, 
and like w like what those ratios are. So that that gets a little bit deeper into like the platform side, but um, is that live now? Is it working? I haven't signed up. It. I should try and sign up yeah. right now. See what happens. So uh, I feel like one thing, just from my understanding of it so far, that seems like uh, maybe uh, might be lacking or might be helpful is that it seems like this kind of uh, tokenizes the institutions or I suppose uh, individuals with smaller um, with smaller things. But does it also uh, mean sometimes like What? Oh, yeah. I can connect directly okay, to MetaMask cool. right now. Yeah, so two questions. One is that it's for institutions, but then it's also for individuals, right? Like, you uh -huh. could have your account Steve and then be kind of competing with, like, the New York Times, right? Okay. And then yep. uh, oh. I wonder how it is in terms of, uh, like, individual posts. Because when you... Uh, um, well, I don't know. I think as of now, it's domain names. And yeah, it would be awesome if it was all posts. Because then you get an even a more accurate signal than just like, you could get an aggregate signal of all the posts that New York Times makes, not just the domain. Yeah, so you want as much like filterability as possible, and you want to be able to broadly look at like everything the Washington or the New York Times does, and then you want to look at like I guess the New York Times when it comes to like more niche topics like finance and so forth, and then you also want specific posts um, like this specific, you know, post about this financial issue in Asia or something like that, and you also want to be able to just filter and sort by topic. Like if you're interested in just that financial issue in Asia, then you can see like the top posts about it. Yeah, definitely. Um, the cool thing I think you could do is, where is it? Yeah, because if you, if you use something like unstoppable domains, the domain name is the wallet address. So right now it's like all .com and .org and stuff. But if you use something where the, the domain is the wallet address, that would make it even better. The payout's way easier. Right. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you just wanted to go to the person, really. I feel like both domain and wallet are kind of abstractions. Right. But you just wanted to go to, like, mm. the right person. Um, I think it's somebody's birthday. Know. So I guess maybe I'll turn, because it seems like this is going to happen for the next like, minute if I don't turn around. <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of cars lined up there. So what they're doing there. Corona birthday lineup with cars. The other really cool thing, which he just posted about maybe a month, yeah, a month ago, they use this for governance. And so 
you can make like a leader for your your DAO. And so if it's like this is where I was saying like there's there's one and in this case there would be one leader like at, the, at the number one ranking who earns like a massive a massive yield and a like a, an interest for all the votes like in all in the the, to, the total market. And that interest reward is offset by a potential capital loss for the leader's replacement. And voting for a competitor also costs less because if you're in the top spot, the price of each share is higher. Have you looked into other, uh, you looked into many other social media platforms that are also working towards similar goals of uh, like tokenizing in some way to create better uh, sort of experiences for people and disseminate better information? Not yet. I mean, I know there's a couple out there. Uh, I haven't looked at any okay. in particular, though. Yeah, I've looked into quite a few. So the biggest one that I follow the most is Voice, and I'd recommend you check that out because Voice is doing a lot of similar stuff. They have really interesting token models as well, and they also have a lot of funding um, and company with a lot of people who are really competent uh, who are pushing that out. It's like they have a really good vision for it. Um, the beta is also live too for New York residents or, or not in New York, but USA, maybe New York, I don't know. Um, but that, I mean, it's interesting to hear about like the token model um, uh, of the idea markets and also voice uh, as a really interesting token model, but also at the same time, like there's gonna be a lot of experimentation to see what works. And yeah. part of it, you know, it's interesting, it's helpful to look at the finer details about how it's gonna work from, uh, from all sorts of standpoints. And then it's also interesting and helpful just to view it as the whole benefit that, it can produce when those finer details are tweaked right. So I don't know where the best way to, uh, mm. to, to, to focus the conversation is, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I figured I'd open it up a little bit just to, uh, I recommend voice. There's yeah. also some other ones too. It's like Murmur and Chirp are two uh, ones on the EOS blockchain, or, uh, or not EOS blockchain, but EOS IO, that uh, people are working to do something similar to like Twitter, but with that, I think there's also, uh, there's one I've heard about quite a few, uh, quite a bit on Ethereum too, which is like Twitter on Ethereum where people pay for posts. But yeah, kind of like, uh, uh, I, I sent you that tweet from Balaji this morning about how he said he had like the idea of uh, tokenizing it so that like people, I don't remember exactly what he said, but it's like you had to bet on the, it was like Twitter, but you have to bet on it. Like instead of retweets, there's like confirmations, independent confirmations. And then instead of likes, there's like betting on it or something like that. You know, so all sorts of different ways. And it's also kind of like prediction markets too. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I found this heard of that. trend. I've seen that one before. 
the whole field is really interesting and that's one of the it's one of the most helpful technologies emerging i think yeah i think i'm gonna check out i think naomi brockwell is really into this stuff too i'm gonna check out what um, she's probably posted a couple In a way, it, it it kind of is a prediction market a little bit because if you if you vote, you're like betting that this thing will remain useful. Yeah, we're also like predicting that day. it's true because like the truth is always kind of unknown as like a general consensus. Right. And it takes a long time for that, but you're predicting that you are correct. Yeah. The truth model that you have in your head right now. And that other people will see that. Right. Right. On voice, it's kind of like a game where um, when you make a post, then if somebody wants to like your post or reply to your post, I don't totally know how it works because I haven't done it yet. But I think it's where it, when you make a post, then if somebody wants to like your post or comment your post, then it costs them money to do so. And then if somebody recomments on that post, then they get money back. So like everybody who makes a post, like you make the original post and then somebody makes a post after that, they have to pay. But then if somebody replies to that mm -hmm. post, then they have to pay as well. And part of that payment goes to the previous two posters. So uh, I probably can't right. explain it concretely enough to actually really explain it well at all, or maybe to add any value, but it, it is. I, I uh, get that. I get that. It's, exam like, it, it's really interesting from what I've heard and seen of it. It's just a little bit confusing still because I haven't used it. But yeah, it, it's really interesting what they're actually doing with that. And then all the flexibility that you can go just like tweaking and trying all sorts of different methods. It'd be really great if we had like basically Twitter, but have it where it's like seeking truth rather than seeking uh, popularity kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And getting skin in the game. And then also no bots too, which is another thing that uh, Voice is working on. And uh, as you get like proof of identity, then all sorts of uh, systems will be able to do that. Yeah, it's like adding a, uh, you know, a transaction fee. So there's no, you can't like overload the network, expand the network with like DDoS the network. Um, I'm not sure what you mean. Like if there were, if there's no transaction fee, then you could spam the network. Like you could, denial of service right so you mean there but i don't know what what you're relating that to with like like comment like if oh you want yeah to comment on something there's a, there's a comment. yeah uh, and it's putting uh, it's forcing you to back up your uh claim or post with uh some money 
something of value, some skin in the game. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he, this guy. I was listening to some of the podcasts, and he was talking about how it it, it utilizes greed towards getting a better signal or more clear signal. So let's say you wanted to say like, oh, like astrology is really good at um, making predictions. Well, if you wanted to, if you wanted to invest in that idea, you're more, you're incentivized to look at the other side to make sure that your assumption is true. So it incentivizes you to look at right. Yeah, it's a cool way of looking at ideas, which is cool. It's like right now. Yeah. Sticking with the astrology example, you, you might have a big following of people who uh, want to believe in astrology or mm. have like a predis- predisposition or whatever and don't really want to look at the facts. And just by posting astrology stuff, you might have um, monetary incentive and like social incentive and stuff like that to just keep posting that. And people will like it because maybe there's a myth there or whatever that people want to follow not singling out astrology or anything but just using it as an example that's potentially true um yeah yeah yeah. and yeah but then if you had a system where it financially incentivized you to provide like the right information that was you know confirmed or fact-checked by many people in like a free market kind of way in a decentralized kind of way and that depending on what they, what the market decided with, you would lose money or make money depending on whether you posted about the astrology correctly or when you posted it incorrectly, then that gives you financial incentive to be correct. And then once people start Mm -hmm. sharing that more often because they have the financial incentive and then also develop more trust in that system, then we get way better information. Yeah. And it's like, say, during this coronavirus response, like there was so much misinformation around, say, for example, masks. And so much of it was just, yes. And so much of it was just like trusting public institutions, which had previously had credibility and were created to be credible sources. But sometimes they didn't always have credible information. And so, like, there's all this misinformation online. And there was um, there was no system to like financially incentive, or, or there's a very like there's no formal system. There's maybe loose systems like on Twitter, um, but it, it wasn't like a feedback loop. It wasn't connected, so the misinformation just spread and confusion just spread. Rather than if you had good information from the beginning, where you have a, like, a good system to say whether masks are good or not, or exactly in what situations they are, or exactly how helpful they are and stuff like that, right from the beginning, then there wouldn't be all the misinformation and like people fighting over masks and stuff like that months later. And, uh, right, and and then you also, if masks are really effective, which it seems like they are in many cases, then you'd have it where like you would have prevented the pandemic from spreading to a great deal um, and like save like thousands of lives and made things way easier for people save like trillions of dollars. 
and <laughs> all, all it all it takes yeah, is just yeah. like fixing that one system early on fixing it uh, have you heard have, have you heard any founders or tech people or also balaji has been talking about recently um talk about funnels yeah balaji was talking about it uh yeah. in a podcast i was listening to yesterday there's um there's a concept of funnels when it comes to like uh startup companies that are like uh, uh attracting customers and it you know it kind of starts with like a, a wide funnel and then the funnel gets thinner like, like the wide funnel might just be like people who landed on your website or people who landed on like your youtube video or twitter page or whatever for whatever reason and then that funnel thins down to like a desired outcome say if you're in a business and you're selling t-shirts then some large amount of people, some relatively large amount of people go to your website or YouTube video and they see it. And then some smaller amount of people will watch again. And then some smaller amount of people will uh, decide to click the link in your description to go to your t-shirt store. And then some smaller amount of people will uh, actually go to like your cart and some smaller amount of people will buy the t-shirt, right? So it kind of funnels down. And at each of like the stages, there's things you can do to... Uh, like widen the funnel basically or make it more likely to get the desired outcome. And so he related that to the virus saying like um, something like say a ventilator is like way down at the end of the funnel. Whereas if you focus on something like masks in the beginning, then that can make it so a lot of people never go down that funnel in the first place. And a lot of things, the things that are the cheapest to implement are the things that are at the beginning of the funnel and if you do those things at the beginning of the funnel well then that can prevent the need for ever needing things at the end of the funnel like so where that popped in my mind was even before like masks on the funnel of the virus is information and it's like the social media and, and the means of communication that uh that happen before people decide to get masks, when they get their information about whether masks are good or not. And that's like, if you tweak a little, if you tweak a little thing there in the social media platform, you tweak a little thing to give people incentive to tell the truth or give people incentive to find the truth, then that whole funnel is avoided. The whole problem is greatly avoided to a large extent because you fix this one little thing in the beginning of it that just like closes the funnel a huge way right from the top. That makes sense? Mm. Yeah, totally. So that's why information and education, it's like the first, it's, it's the widest part of the funnel. And that's how you can funnel everything towards like away from the bad and towards the good. Yeah, the, the first thing this guy has listed on the site is the work, oh, uh, a WHO yeah, so, uh, from January 14th thing. Yeah. No clear evidence of human disease. And then, yeah, the New York Times, like five days before that, no evidence is right. readily spread from the New York Times. Even though at that time, there was like a lot of people who 
were a lot more raising the alarm because they, you know, saw the possibilities of what could happen. And being that such like an asymmetric bet, like right. it's better to be safe than sorry. And so, right. And so, like maybe if we, like in that scenario, say it's say it's January and and you we're watching Balaji tweet about this or whatever, and Balaji has like his his publication platform or whatever. Like maybe he has a website that he uses. We could be like. Balaji's right, and the New York Times is wrong. So we just buy right. up a bunch of Right, and we can get them at a really shares. reduced price because Balaji only has like 200,000 followers on Twitter. And right. like New York Times has like millions and millions and millions. Right. And throughout a lot of this, Balaji's been a lot more correct than a lot of people at the New York Times. So it, it, it's kind of like betting on a horse. Like right. New York Times is hot money. <laughs> it's like a horse that is like has yeah. really... Yeah like only two to one odds everybody thinks they're going to win and then somebody like Galaji has like you know a thousand to one odds or whatever right and so by buying his coin or betting on his individual posts then you like stand to make more of a profit from doing so and also the more people that do that because the more people who are incentivized by profit to bet on his posts the lower his odds go he goes down from a thousand to one to five hundred to one and so forth and then his posts get more and more visibility as a result mm -hmm. and his statements and the things that he say that might be true and helpful get more visibility yeah it just it helps the right like the, the best ideas rise to the top. Uh, I think that it, it fixes that problem of like you talked about, like right in the beginning was how like smaller accounts can compete with bigger ones. Right. Like and then on, on the vice versa, flip side of it, you have something like New York Times is really big. And if they're saying stuff that's stupid, then people can downvote them and uh, or like not vote on them or whatever it is. And then the New York Times also loses money from doing so and loses market share to people who are correct, like Bellagi. And same with like the Who and all the other like right. all the other institutions and people who messed up. Right. Can be really sweet when we get that. Yeah. And it I, it Oh, there was this other line. Oh, he had a really good line. There's all these things. Uh, it's like it. Oh, yeah. It like it rewards like kind of like stuff we it, it rewards like deep due diligence so like in the case of like what what you did like early like doing all this research and stuff right. you could get rewarded for doing that yeah well i mean it, it, it's rewarded things that are most helpful for people so 
like if I went out on a limb and like spent a lot of time researching this thing that has a, a potential effect of like saving a lot of negative experiences like people dying or people losing their jobs or people getting seriously sick and stuff like that then it would make sense that in like a optimally uh, tweaked system and an optimally aligned system then I would get rewarded for that. And right now there is some reward for it. Like, say, Bellagio did that quite a bit, and I think he's gained maybe, like, 30,000 followers since the beginning of it. And he's also, like, you know, strengthened, like... I have more respect for him now than I did before. And so he's got, like, more, I guess you can call it social capital or, like, deepened relationships or deepened trust. Um, But you can also do that with uh with like financial and like you can just like right now it's a very loose uh association and you can really strengthen that association so people who do do things like that and do research in the beginning for something that's really helpful get a lot more of a reward for it yeah he uh this guy calls it venture philosophy Well, uh, this other yeah, line features here, but it isn't evenly distributed yet. Idea, mar- idea markets are free right. distributors. I was also wondering too, in like I guess the long term, if that will happen. Like I could definitely see it happening on social media platform, where it's like Twitter or Facebook, um, and each post is individually being. Uh, bet on or predicted or whatever, tokenized in some way. But I also wonder too if or when or how it will happen in even um, uh, smaller ways. Like, I don't know if it's really worth diving into deeper right now, but it's just a curiosity. Like, say during this conversation or during like a podcast or during a YouTube YouTube video, I wonder if during like specific, like, say if I tell you something (laughs) and it's like clearly wrong or it's clearly ridiculous. And and then I wonder, like, if we are, you know, open to, like, if it's an open podcast and we're open to it being, like, you know, uh, analyzed or whatever by this sort of technology, if there is something that would, like, be like, no, Dan, that's not right. We're not like that. But just, like, maybe maybe people actively betting on it. I, I guess you could even have that in, like, a podcast format where it's, like, say, me or you or, like, I don't know, debate between like Biden and Trump or something like that. And then you could have it kind of that same technology where it's kind of like breaking down everything that they say or everything that we say into, uh, into different like tweets, basically breaking it down into smaller pieces. And then it doesn't have to be synchronous. It can be asynchronous or synchronous. And then each person can, uh, Yeah. Like they can be an automatic thing, which is automatically pulling each uh, sentence I say into a tweet or each paragraph I say into a tweet. And then people can be voting on that. So at the end of the discussion, people can vote and say, well, that thing that, you know, Biden said was really wrong, that thing that Steve said was really right or something like that. Right. Yeah, totally. That's, that's really wild. Like, yeah, that's that seems inevitable. Like, yeah, it could happen in real time too. 
Um, and it, it could happen with humans, but it can also happen with like AI. Like let's say we're just, we're always feeding all of our content into these decentralized AI networks. And like all these AIs are constantly listening and they can be like, oh, that's a that's a useful bit of information. Let me let me see how I can use that. And then they might they might they might bid over they might bid over each other to try and use that information or determine how useful that information is. And then it might get used right. throughout the entire network. And they can do it in real time. They, yeah, well, well, people can do it in real time too. I mean, people are like often, you know, like live tweeting. Uh, a speech or whatever yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah, then it could just yeah, be, it be like both. it could be humans and uh, like over time like it, it could be both synchronous and asynchronous so like it's kind of like how a transaction yep. can become you know get more confirmations as time goes by so you can have like some level of confirmation at, at the current moment right. and then more confirmation and more accuracy might just take um in some cases, it might take time for people to research things in more depth to get the right information, the right answer. Mm. Yeah, so it's actually not right. that far out because that'd be pretty sweet. And already it's happening on Twitter. Yeah. But yeah. once you upgrade something like Twitter with that kind of thing that's good for all tweets, you can already do it to a pretty big extent on like important conversations like a presidential debate or something like that. Or, you know, a podcast with me and you, although the issue is just having enough, uh, you know, people who want to engage in it, really. But, you know, big things like presidential debate, that would already work once you get a better right. version of, uh, like, an incentivized Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, like, a lot of these things, like, we're, we're already doing them. It's just, it's maybe, like, at a different scale um different like speed like different latency or different time right frame. but then a different latency or a different speed can just like totally change it uh, it can go zero to one if it's 10 times faster it, it, it's right. like the difference between like like right. running right. and then driving a car yeah you know yeah. or like driving a car and driving a rocket ship Yeah, it's like a lot of the same underlying principles. And they can almost be like, almost like the same thing, but because the scale and the speed are so much different, it might seem like it's like a different type of magic or something. Which is like, I'm trying to get at like how the AI networks are just recreating what we're already doing. So like, do you remember, remember when Kurzweil was talking about like, like recognizing like letters and there's like different modules in our brain that recognize different things. So there'll be like, like each module is like say a hundred neurons and one, I'm trying to read the word apple. There'll be one module for recognizing the V shape and the yeah, I remember saying and there's that. another one recognizing the crossbar. You remember that? Cool. Um, I think that's like exactly how these AI networks work as well. So like there might be one AI agent that you can upload that says recognize the crossbar in a capital A. 
but it can be for all sorts of things. You know, it might say uh, this AI, if say it's like trying to recognize like an image, like, okay, this, this AI is really good at recognizing shadows. And like this one's really good at recognizing like this, this section of the, the color spectrum and then this color spectrum, or this one's right. good at recognizing straight lines. And this one's recognized, good at recognizing curves. And they all, they all have to work together to be like, if I ask the network, like, is this a tennis ball? And, it, and then all of these different AIs will have to come together to complete the, right. the request. And then you might also yes be able no, to get, I mean, eventually you will be able to get, I think, with uh, higher order things too. Like, for example, is this a straw man argument? And I'll, I'll... Right, right. Yes. And because it's in a trustless environment, you can yeah. get a much, like, it's much more reliable. It's in, a, it's in a trend, you know, I can see exactly how those, all of those AIs communicated in transparent code, right. and I can verify yeah, and there's trust the, in the, system too. the decision Someone wasn't can verify it. So, like, everybody in the community can know somebody who right. can verify it, even if they don't verify it themselves, and also hopefully human-readable code. So it's, like, readable for everybody, even if you don't have, you know, a deep uh, understanding of, you know, JavaScript or something like that. Like, it just, like... A Ricardian contract, something you can read easily. Right. Yeah, and in that way, it's like it's like replicating what we've already done with civilization. That's why civilization right. works so well, which is like specialization of labor. So you could think of maybe like a, you know, building a house or something. You know, you have to have the the carpenter right. and the plumber and the electrician and the guy who lays the concrete. Yeah and the architect, and they all work together in order to accomplish the task. And, and I think eventually they also have to share, they also might have to share resources. So let's say like the carpenter is, is they've already started building the house that maybe the carpenter's company, he's like low on, on funding. Like, like he needs more money to keep operating. And so since those other AIs or those other uh, agents, the, the plumber and the, the electrician are like, well, we can't complete the house without the carpenter. So we're going to have to find a way to lend him funds and resources so he can help us complete the larger task. So there'll need to be these lending platforms within these AI networks so that AIs can more efficiently like complete right. the task. Which they'll be able to do instantaneously. So they can complete those like, larger tasks. Yeah. Really quickly. Yep. And yeah. if it's on, you know, like uh, and there's like, um, and there's liquidity pools like that are automated. It's crazy like you just stuff. do it instantly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think about that like all the time, how like, and this is, this is what I was trying to say, what we were talking about before, how you can take like what we're already doing, say on like Twitter in like a more, like a less efficient, more, more analog way where like, okay, you're like you have followers and you have likes and things, but it's like, it's not as good. It's, it's similar to what these decentralized idea marketplaces will do. And there's like some similar fundamentals, but it's just totally different in terms of scale and speed. And like, it's a similar okay. process. Good, how are you? It, it produces different yeah. results. Um... Yeah, it, it, it's, 
it's interesting and it's also really cool in that it can be really helpful in not too long of a term. Like, I can see a lot of this stuff becoming really uh, helpful and powerful within the next like yeah. two years or so, maybe a year, maybe five years. But like a, a lot of these things That's are going to be like yeah. a lot different in two years from now. Yeah. There's so many of you working on these things and there's so much that lines up. It'd be really interesting going back to the thing I was saying before about uh, straw man arguments and stuff like that. All those logical fallacies, there's like, I don't know if you've seen the list, but there's like mm. less, I think maybe less wrong. There's a site that, or like a community that kind of like um, combines or collects all sorts of like logical fallacies and stuff like that yeah. and like debates or arguments and stuff like that. And if you could have that in like that trustless way, then that could be a really big lever. Like right now you have people who have equipped their minds with that knowledge of what a, a straw man argument is, for example, who call out other people on the internet and say like on Reddit or something, that's a straw man. And then some people will upvote it, but there's still a relatively small amount of people who know what a straw man argument is. And then like there's way more of those kinds of similar kinds of logical fallacies like that. And uh, there's only so many people who are like are equipped or have the time right. or the uh, desire to point it out. So it doesn't have that much, and it's growing certainly. Like there's way more people on Reddit doing it than ever, probably. But uh, having more people do that for one thing, and then also having AI also help with that too, would be uh, could be really helpful in disseminating better information. Totally. Yeah. And that, that's crazy you bring that up because that's the thing I'm working on in that, like, why I messaged you about Notion, like making those diagrams. Um, because, like, going into, a, you know, like investing in crypto, I, I, I've, I've been trying to compile a list of, like, all these cognitive biases. And I, I, I made this document and I was like, I had, like, you know, I, a couple in my head, maybe half a dozen, and I thought it was only going to be like half a dozen. And then oh, I sorry, this garbage truck. It's going to keep being loud. And maybe like it's really loud there. Thirty seconds. Uh, I'm just about to run by him. Okay, it should be starting to get better now. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Um, and so I, I started to make this list and I just started cranking them out. I'm at like 26. There's so many. Um, that, and that's like that's exactly the, one of the other things I wanted to talk to you about as well. And that's cool you brought up less wrong too. I think you sent that um, to me. That thing was like thing is crazy. Um, we must have talked about that in the past. Uh, that kind of like Christian or somebody like maybe Newton or somebody had that thing where like if you do this and you go to hell, so you shouldn't do it or something like that. Oh, that's what that is. But no, you sent me the Roscoe's Basilisk, which is like Pas an AI or something, something. And it's yeah. like. 
it had it had dark outcome from what I remember. It's kind of similar. Uh, it, it can. It's. I mean. Oh yeah. So it's, it's one a, of these things. Like, like the... once you hear it, you're liable. Like you can't unhear it. And would want you to do this something. The future AI. That. Yeah. So it's like it's a, it's almost yeah. It's like Pierre Chardin. The Omega Point. I think you're familiar with that too, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's like there's this attractor that the more you help the that future AI achieve um, achieve like uh, like dominance or like more complexity, and the the more it will reward you, and and the opposite as well. The, less, the right. more you like prevent that from happening, the more it will hurt you. Um, that's a very, very, very uh, simplistic way of looking at it. There's like so much documentation on that thing. And it's very, very complicated. Um, cool to look into, sometimes really scary. Um, they, t they, they kind of talk about it like you're engaging, when you read about it, it's like you're engaging with the basilisk. Like you're engaging with this idea. Right. It's really, really weird. Um, but yeah, I'm looking at all these these uh, logic traps because I, I see them so frequently, and I get really frustrated by them. Like sometimes conversations I have with people are every conversation, every line of dialogue starts with "Yeah, but." Every line is "Yeah, but," and I guess it's so frustrating. I mean, I mean, it could be that could be that I'm I'm not making a great point. But then when I hear like really successful people I listened to that talk, last like night. I was listening to Andrew Yang and Jack Dorsey's talk, like their podcast video that they did together. And they didn't I don't think they said yeah but they didn't start their their piece ever with yeah but it was just this really fluid conversation and they're on the same page and they're like building building on top of their statements. And it's not this like jockeying for position back and forth. Cause like if, if you and me are talking, like I don't really stand to gain anything by jockeying ahead of you. Like it's, it makes more sense. Like, yeah, we should correct each other when we're wrong. See, I'm going to do it here, but um, it makes more sense if we like build on top of each other. Instead of just right. Well, it reminds me a lot of every term. Every, yes. And from improv comedy. Have you heard about that? Yeah, so in improv comedy, oh, like one of the most sense. basic rules yeah. is to, it's called yes and. It's always like agree with the person and then build mm -hmm. upon it and add something to it. So if right. me and you are doing improv comedy scene together and we start off mm. and I like, you know, hold my hand up in the shape of a gun and I'm going to be like, why do you I uh, answer like why do you do that to me? I'm gonna shoot you something like that. Then you can't be like or it's not good usually in in, mo in most cases do like that's not a gun, that's your hand. That's like that's like not saying yes. Or like that's not a gun, that's your right. hand. I didn't do anything to you. <laughs> like that's just saying no, basically. Right. Because it's not agreeing with the premise that I made. 
and so saying yes and could be like in some way agreeing with that what you said and then adding to it like and then it may be adding to it in a funny way like a creative way being like uh, i don't know i haven't studied in a while but like you know accepting that uh to go and be like i I did it because this funny thing or something like that you know and leading a different direction and you go back and forth yes and yes and yes and yes and and so i feel like that could be a helpful uh kind of framework Mm -hmm. for all sorts of conversations and debates but has a role in it too and all of them are kind of loose too like you can say but and have it really mean end in a way because you can say but but also be adding to it in a way like just because you're saying but doesn't mean that it's not doing yes and properly but at the same time some people can be like yeah but and that's not really like yes and because they're in a way kind of saying no and this other thing you know so um it's really about like yeah. building something, working with somebody to find something. Like when there's disagreements, uh, turning those disagreements, those misunderstandings into a yes and in some way. Like, yes, you, you're right in this way. I see what you mean in this way. And in this way, here's another element that maybe you hadn't thought of or maybe that works with that worldview or with that but adds to it in this way and a lot of people don't do that a lot of people like can be more closed-minded and will just be like yeah but just my thing which i think is true and i'm not changing my perspective based upon the new information at hand yeah maybe maybe because there's not the same incentive for them to like the astrology yep. example there's not the yeah. same and, and it's like no like skin in the game like the say like improv comedy they're skin in the game naturally because like first off everybody wants to like be, be liked and laughed and create a good moment you know everybody who's joining an improv comedy right. uh troop or class is kind of aimed at like wanting to have a good time and laugh and share good times um which already filters out a lot of people who are trying not to do that and then also there's like you know people who are either trying to make money off it or you're at a live show and you you know, want to have show a good time for all the people watching and stuff like that. Whereas if you're in a one-on-one conversation with somebody that's not, uh, right. not being recorded or anything like that, and they don't have any, uh, skin in the game, you, you know, they're fine. Maybe like, they're like, maybe they're older, they have a pension or maybe, yeah. you know, or, 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 or maybe their job is like totally unrelated to this. They build like right. rugs or tires and like that. And this topic has no relevance to their well-being or anything like that and they might not be open-minded to uh learning more about it and helping to build like a better solution yeah yeah man i wish we could watch the middle bitch and shorts together that'd be so much fun i i just i think of that like a lot like what about in the case of, so say like in Middle Edition Schwartz, because it's long form, sometimes they like forget like certain details about, particularly like if they have a bunch of characters, they like forget characters' names or attributes. So that might be a, a yeah, but like, like if you, if you, 
if you're genuinely wrong about a, a clear fact, like, oh, this person was named this or was related to this person in this way, and you get that fact wrong, then right. you still have yeah. to come and in. And then, like, like a really skilled improviser will that. find a way to right. take that and make yes end from there. Like, maybe they'll be like, oh, like, you know, then they'll absorb that mistake into the story. They'll say, yes, that was a mistake. And they won't say that was a mistake usually. But they'll just be like, yes, that's right. Yeah. And you must have forgotten because you hit your head or something like that. And, and absorb into the larger story. Okay, cool. Oh, man. Yeah, they, dude. Yeah, dude, they do that a lot in the, in the Middle Legend Swords thing. Oh, my God. I think I'm going to go back and watch it again. It so yeah, dude, there's also... Just, um, to, just to pick uh, up on I more of that Tina stuff. I like, like a lot of good... Biography, uh, like, good I don't know, good six or seven years ago. And that had a, a big part oh, on this end, which is really helpful. And she related to kind of like, you know, all sorts of other living and stuff like that as well. So that was really interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Um, the other thing kind of related to the yeah, but thing is about that, like, Never heard like of jockeying over each other. And I watched, I rewatched this episode of Joe Rogan with uh, William Von Hippel. I don't know if you've seen that one. Uh, about, um, it's, a, it's about like, like human evolution. Um, really, really good. It's like, it's probably in my top 10 Joe Rogan. Um, and he talks about like all the biological effects, like how we they developed the throwing arm, you know, how we came out of the trees, even though like hey. where when we came out of the trees, oh, hold on, Sue. What's up? Do so we we're terrible on the ground, and, and then you got these piles of all these. Okay, so there's a the whole thing that's like a bit right now. Okay. Okay. Hi, Steve. Mom says hi. Uh, uh, I'm throwing at Alvarez Gudez, 14. Yeah. How to defend yourself from Cubans? Yeah. Is that a record? It's their albums. Uh, I'm going to do some painting with the album, so I took all the albums out. You're not going to keep this guy, Alvarez Gu no, Gudez? Like, you guys have a lot of albums. You must be a big fan. Oh, okay. Strange. <laughs> That's funny. All right, what are you saying, Steve? Hello? Hey, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. What were you saying? Um, anyway, there's a lot of good stuff in there. But something that, that I remembered was how we develop a lot of this brain, our brain matter, our mass, try and keep track of all these social interactions and he gave the analogy that like every day was like an episode of the sopranos where you might just get whacked because there's no there's no police there's no military there's no government it's just you're kind of in these small bands and you have to be really good at navigating all these social interactions so you don't you don't just get killed and one of the ways you can like elevate your status and keep yourself safer is by convincing people and getting them to bend towards your worldview. Because if, if they subscribe to your worldview, then it's gonna be 
more conducive to your survival and your, your elevation of your status. Does that sound good so far? Yeah, it makes sense. So then, then I figure like, what has changed? Like, is that mechanism still in place? And I think Twitter kind of like amplifies that. Like it's amplified. And I don't know if that's necessarily the most efficient way to go about it. So in the case of something that happened this week, you know, gold, do you see the thing Goldman Sachs released about Bitcoin? Uh, yeah, I think I saw like they didn't like it or something. Yeah. And so lately I've been trying to invert this model. Like, you know, I get so frustrated that like the, like most of the world's wealth doesn't get Bitcoin and they don't understand why it's useful. Like, and why decentralized networks are like a, a, a really efficient upgrade and it's, it's going to help everybody. Right. Right. And so, you know, I'm, I'm frustrated that I can't onboard more of those people and grow my follower account. My, my, the amount of people that have bent towards my worldview. And I don't know if even that, that pursuit is worthwhile anymore because what's going to happen is, Bitcoin is going to do that for me. Bitcoin is going to force them to bend or break, whether, whether they like it or not. So I don't even need to do that. Like, I can, I can see how helping Bitcoin do that might be good. But as far as me trying to bend other people to my worldview using Bitcoin, I don't know if that's even a worthwhile pursuit, because I think Bitcoin will just do that anyway. Okay. So maybe that can leave, maybe because that's, Bitcoin's going to automate that for me, I can do other things to, to gain value than just trying to, trying to get status. Okay. And that's why, that's why I'm also trying to like build this mental model of like, like these are the different fallacies that might infect my investments and my investment psychology over the next like couple of years, because I want to try and gener generate like serious alpha returns. Like I don't want to just beat 99% of no coiners. I want to beat 99% of people who are already in crypto. I want to generate like mega alpha returns, not just, I want to like crush the market average kind of like I did last time, except also be able to pull out everything closer to the top or as close to the top as I can. I know people say like timing the market is bad and you probably shouldn't do it. I know, I know people think seeking alpha is like really bad and you probably shouldn't do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, because they're out there like Ethereum did a thousand fold return in the last, in the last cycle. And in the same time, the market average was like, uh, was like, what was it? One of them, like Bitcoin was like 200x, the market average was like 400x, and Ethereum was like 1,000x. So there's all these alpha returns out there. You just have to find them. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to build these mental models such that I can pull that off. And I think it involves inverting some of these incentives. Like maybe I don't chase clout as much. Like as Bitcoin starts to rise, and we, we start to get like praise from people like, oh, like you were, you were really smart for buying Bitcoin at 5,000. It's at 50,000 right now. 
instead of me taking that as a dopamine hit and being like, yeah, do more of that, do more of that, you're doing well. I want to take that as a red flag and being like, oh, like they're getting on board. I should be more likely to start to pull out as more and more people give me praise. Like I was like, I was offered like some stupid, like eight figure, eight figure a year job that wasn't really real in like January, 2018. I should have been like pull everything because there's no world in where I've been in crypto for six months and I'm gonna make an eight figure salary. Doesn't make any sense. Yes. So that's, that's, yeah, sorry if I like rambled, but. That's cool. I, I, I'm just getting some food, but I'll respond like a, in a moment. Okay. Yeah, so that's, that's just where I'm at. I'm trying to like, like do the opposite because we know that most people buy high, sell low. We know things about like normalcy bias and recency bias. <laughs> what was the last thing you said, Steve? Like normalcy bias, recency bias. Right. Um, I'm just trying to flip it around. So, um, it's a lot of noise. Sorry, I was just putting some chips in a cup. Hold on, just like 20 seconds, trying to get some cheese. And what amount is going to be dope? Get some, get some electrolytes, bro. Brondo. Brondo. Rondo, it's got electrolytes. Oh yeah, is that is that from uh from that movie? Uh, Idiocracy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like money. <laughs> yeah, I have some of that. I like preachers. <laughs> okay, it might be more like thirty seconds here because now there's peaches that entered the game, so just gotta put them onto a plate. <laughs> but peaches does enter. Peach. The <laughs> Nice. You don't want it? You sure, Dad? You want any peaches? You want any peaches? You said no? Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Cool. Thank you. Tighten those chairs. Oh, cool. Thanks. Is it working now? Yeah. Awesome. Okay. I'm ready in 10 seconds, Steve. <laughs> Sorry about that. But I have some responses lined up in my brain and I haven't forgotten them. They're, they're in RAM. Okay. So, um, 
couple of things that came to mind as you were saying that. One is uh, there's a chart, there's a little diagram that I think it was Naval that posted recently or like a month ago that's been in my head quite a bit. And there's two pictures with two labels, status and wealth. And then status has like three dots with three hours that are pointing to one dot. And then wealth has one dot with three hours that are pointing to three dots. And it's like, it's like with status, all the attention and like value is going to the person with status. Whereas wealth, it's like the person who has the wealth is giving to the people who uh, is giving to the other dots, is giving to the other people. And I feel like that's a helpful frame. Um, I've, th I've thought about that a lot, and I feel like. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to look at that. I don't know if I explained it very well. The, no, you, you probably did. I, it's probably just tough. I, I I couldn't get the diagram in my head. I'm trying to look for it now on Twitter. Okay. Yeah. Probably Google. I think you posted like last month. Basically, it's the same picture. It's it's four dots, and three dots pointing at one dot in one picture, and one dot is pointing at three dots in the other picture. And one is labeled status. That's the one where the three dots are pointing at the one dot, and the th and the one dot is pointing at three dots and wealth. Okay. And the idea is kind of like status. Like Naval talks about wealth creation games versus status games a lot, and it's like status is like you know it's kind of more zero sum. There's only so much stash to go around. There's only there's only so much attention to go around. Um, mm -hmm. wealth is not zero-sum. Wealth is, uh, it can be much greater than zero-sum. You, you can... Positive-sum mm -hmm. game. You can create wealth, and that, and that makes you more wealthy, makes others more wealthy. Whereas when you get status, there's a limited amount of status, zero-sum. So mm -hmm. that status must be coming from somebody else. And mm -hmm. same with wealth in general, with stuff like, you are mentioning like, assets like Bitcoin, Ethereum, and stuff like that, and going up in value. Mm. You mentioned people said, like, don't go for, like, big returns, basically. I think that's what Alba means. Like, mm -hmm. that's pretty stupid. <laughs> I mean, I can see why people say, like, don't try to time the market, because people say, like, it's tough to time the market, which is true, but also, just because it's tough doesn't mean you shouldn't try. Like, yeah, you could lose money from there, so that's a risk. But, I mean, the goal with any sort of financial investing is like to maximize value and mm -hmm. whether that's timing the market or getting in the right things i think it's always best to maximize the value to get the best assets and to sell at the best possible time to buy in the best possible time and to allocate it whatever you sell into into the thing that will do the best for that portion of time like you want to do the best possible and then the overall goal, I think, is to maximize wealth, like helping yourself and helping other people. Because like we all need, everybody needs more value. Everybody needs things, and like we all need to help each other. Um, so like, it's good to maximize value and then to take it you know, to sell when it's time to sell or whatever and be really smart about that and learn the best assets and best times to buy or sell. And then 
uh, use that as a way to create wealth for everybody. Yeah. You know, and of course, you'll get more wealth and status as a result of it because mm. by playing that wealth game, you get a portion of that wealth and people respect what you're doing because you're also sharing that wealth with other people too. And like helping Bitcoin is a way you can help doing that because Bitcoin can you know help a lot of people. Right. And I think I also get, you know, I like to treat Bitcoin as like a sentient organism that you like interact with. And if I say, you know, I, I have a certain amount of Bitcoin now, and if Bitcoin goes to say 400,000, I say to Bitcoin, like, hey, I think your price is kind of overvalued. So I'm going to give you a signal. My, my signal is I'm going to sell my Bitcoin for like, say, a stable coin or like US dollars or something. And then that way, Bitcoin says, oh, like there goes some of my supply, my price is decreasing. And then Bitcoin communicates that price signal to other people who hold Bitcoin or who want to buy Bitcoin. And then maybe the price will go back down. And then it'll go back down to say 50,000. And then I say, well, now I think Bitcoin is undervalued, um, but based on its utility. So I'm going to tell Bitcoin, hey, like I, I think your, your signal, your, your price signal is undervalued and I buy it. And then I come back, you know, a year later with possibly like eight, like seven or eight times as much Bitcoin. And then I, I'm a bigger holder of Bitcoin. I'm a, I'm a more, I'm a stronger signal for Bitcoin because I made that judgment that I, I gave it a better price signal. And then that way I helped Bitcoin. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. Right. The thing I was just saying makes sense to you? Yep. yep. Yeah, like, cre yeah, creating more wealth is great because then it benefits everybody. Yeah. And the better that you can time, like, you know, the Bitcoin price cycle or any price cycle like that, then you can create more wealth. Yeah. Yep. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, I, I, it's tough because I feel like some people in Bitcoin are just like moon boys, just permanent moon boys, like permables. So it's, it's only going to moon. It's only ever going to moon. Whereas I think it's better, it's just safer to assume that there are going to be hype cycles. Like, I mean, there could be like a sort of black wand singularity, I guess, where it just all goes up forever. But I don't think that's as likely. I think that depends on your time. Depends on your time scale too. I guess if you zoomed out enough, yeah. But like you have like S curves going up that. So, um, yeah. I mean. People are just saying like it, it's you know it's going to keep going up and keep going up. I think they're probably right to like a. They're, they're, yeah, they're right in a way, and that's helpful in a way. But then also, it's more helpful to be more accurate and be a better price indicator about it because just saying it's going to go up. Right. You know, people have um, people have bills to pay every month or something like that, and you could mess somebody up if somebody bought it in like you know. 2018 or something like that and they put a lot of money into it and then 
they lose a lot of wealth and their job, their house, whatever, as a result of it. Well, the wealth wasn't was it lost or was it just reallocated? It was reallocated, but it was lost by the person who had you know not much wealth to begin with, and so you lose wealth because that person, like say, if somebody had a job and they had a house and they're able to work and stuff like that, but then they mortgage their house and did all this stuff. Now they're homeless. Now they can't create wealth. And so in a way you lose wealth because that person can't create wealth like they were able to in the past. I guess. But then in a way, Bitcoin is like a rock of basilisk where that person engaged with the basilisk, which is Bitcoin. And they made, they made a poor judgment that didn't help Bitcoin. And therefore they were punished because they didn't help Bitcoin. They hurt Bitcoin because they gave it a false price signal. Or, an, or a, an inaccurate or less accurate. Right? All right. No. Well, on our, um, the most important thing for us isn't what Bitcoin does or what the AI does. It's what we want to create the best experience for ourselves and for each other. And right. if you have, say, a guy that goes bankrupt and broke because of this, and then he has like a psychological breakdown and he winds up like, you know, hurting people or something like that, even though it might be good for Bitcoin, that's bad for all those people. And so people, mm. I mean, you want to make it good for everybody and Bitcoin, stuff like that. We just want to do it in the best way possible in which you're like minimizing um, you know, humans being hurt and stuff like that and maximizing the best experience for everybody possible. Yeah. In the long term, it's not sustainable to have anybody on the planet who's like in poverty right now it's just how it is it's a fact of life right but in the long term you can't have that you can't have any poverty so mm. gotta yeah. gotta care for everybody you gotta give everybody what they need or not not give but yeah give kind of give and work with people to help people get what they need yes this is something I've really I've really wrestled with because the cost of maintaining that standard of living always increases. It costs more. It's all relative. Like someone's standard of life in America now is still like way, way, way better than even like a king in 1200 AD. And it costs a lot more well to maintain even a low standard of life now. Well, in some ways, also the king had like freedom to do what he wanted with his time, whereas a lot of Americans are like stuck working a job like, you know, 14 hours a day that they don't want to do because they have to pay off a debt. Mm-hmm. There'll always be stratification though, yeah? Like, like we could be, uh, like a hundred years from now, like, what does poverty look like? Like, the poverty a hundred years from now might be like a way, way higher standard of living than even the best person has now. Yeah, maybe I should just be more um, descriptive or defining poverty when I say that then. Yeah, like, 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 you know, someone who has everything right now, like, like all the tools that Jeff Bezos has now, if he just maintained that level of, of like, ability 
a hundred years from now, he would probably be in poverty. Well, that'd be good. I mean, it really depends on how you define poverty. So, I mean, like ability to compete against others. That's not how I was thinking of it. I mean, I'm thinking of it in terms of like having what you need to. Uh, to enjoy, uh, to uh, having what you need, having like the sufficient threshold of what you need to, um, I don't know exactly how to define it, but like basically I'll just start out there, like having what you need to do the things that make you happy to a certain extent. Like uh, maybe it's easier to define it by not what it is, but by what it's not. Like poverty is like, Say if you can't eat, if you don't have food to eat, then you can't do anything that's fun because the only thing you can focus on is finding food. Or if you don't have a place to sleep, then like it's very difficult to have fun playing tennis or have fun playing music or anything like that because you have more basic needs that are not being met. And so maybe, maybe poverty is just what I mean by limiting poverty is having all those needs met so that you can be in a uh, psychologically good place yeah you just have to have you, you have to have enough you have to have enough yeah, that you can I, enjoy i agree with that things like you can go surfing or play yeah. tennis or like play music or play video games or you know you gotta be able to play maybe that's what poverty is yeah poverty is just not having enough to play In that sense, everybody's in some sense of poverty, but you know, um, right. well, I don't know, not not everybody, but like a lot of people, like people are stuck suck at office jobs and stuff mm-hmm. like that, where they're not playing. But then, what? But then, what do you, what do you think mean? about escalation? Like, like someone, like oh, that like that person doesn't have Neuralink, like they're in poverty, like they, you know, they can't compete to acquire more resources so they can play well, because they don't. You know, they really, don't when I brought up poverty, uh, I brought it up saying that it's not sustainable for anybody to have poverty in the long term because it goes back to that thing. We've talked about a lot of things that mm-hmm. like just from a, I mean, it's partially from a wanting everybody to be good kind of thing, but it's also partially from a self-preservation kind of standpoint in that, um, as weapons become more and more uh, powerful and more and more cheap, and you can have like bioengineered weapons like coronavirus, but you know much more dangerous and much more contagious that can be produced in like basements and whatnot. You have to provide for everybody sufficiently enough that people won't want to cause damage to themselves or others. So enough or whatever that is, mm. and things like not having to. Um, worry tremendously about like food and water and sleep and having things in your life that you enjoy those are like the remedies for that they're the remedies that stop that sort of psychological damage or disorder that once that leads people to inflict harm on themselves or others so from like a self-preservation standpoint everybody in the world needs to help everybody else in the world to make it so that everybody has what they need and what they want so much that they'll engage in like, you know, 
positive sum wealth creation games rather than hurting each other. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I think that too, like, like raising the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I mean, it's not the, not the best model necessarily, but that's kind of what we have. Yeah. You, you got to get it to the point where everybody can do like self-actualization. Yeah. See, I agree. Um, but I unfortunately encounter people who are like, no, that's bad. Like, I don't want to name any names because we're on a recorded call, but like, no, like you have, like you shouldn't have anything. Like you should have to fight for every scrap. And like, if you die, you die. Like, you, you know, it's bad. Like universal basic income is really bad. Like you shouldn't help anybody at all. And it's just basically like anarcho-capitalism. And then if I try and point out anything about it, they were like, well, X, I know X person who did it. So therefore your argument is invalid. I know one person who did it from nothing and everyone should have to be able to do that. It's just. Right. Well, I've, I've met more than one person. Yeah, I have too. So, I mean, there does need to be balance because you can't give too much, especially like right now when resources are more limited than they will be in the future. You only have so many resources to go around, and um, to a certain extent, like you do want to keep the incentive structure aligned so that people do right things. In a lot of ways, like having to work and stuff like that, align incentives properly. Right. And a lot of past um, tries at like helping to provide things that people need have been like uh, subverted or co-opted. Um, and stuff like that by like, you know, really dangerous uh, political organizations and stuff like that. A lot of people got hurt from it. So, you know, you, there's definitely a balance to walk with it. And people who are uh, skeptical about it or cautious about it are, are right to be so. Um, but then there's also a lot of reasons why it's helpful and why it's necessary to a certain extent. And we'll just have to balance it. And people who are just outright saying no to it, like, no, 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 that's just not true at all. That's just uh, something that can be helped with better education, better information. Like we were talking before about, like you just mentioned, yeah. I think a straw man argument or whatever. Like, no, because this person did that, even though it didn't address the actual point, you can have better sources of information, better uh, social media dissemination, better like people or AI or whatever to help, uh, help just find the best information to, you know, get to the point where we understand exactly what is the right amount of balance and when is the right amount of balance and we'll do the best we can to get close to that yeah i don't know how we what we were talking about initially Started talking about poverty or something. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, how kind of poverty? Both. Oh, yeah, we were talking about uh, wealth versus status. Wealth. And you're talking about um, how you've been thinking about um, status and cloud and stuff like that. Yeah. 
Ja, ja. 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 Yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting if, if two AIs were talking to each other, like we were just talking. Like, well, it would certainly be a lot faster, but since it was all, like, recorded, they could just go immediately back and they would know it in, right. in real time. We just have it, like, like recorded uh, <laughs> a, a little bit in, like, our RAM in our brains, kind of. Just to go back and do the mental process of going back yeah. for it. But, yeah, and, and that also kind of informs, uh, like, my view about wealth and, like, wealth as opposed to status. Like, what what we got to do, I think, mm. is get wealthy and then help others get wealthy so everybody can be wealthy and so everybody has what they need to get you know out of poverty as we defined it and spend more time also creating wealth creation gains for everybody so that that's how i view like yeah. you know financial uh uh, financial assets for like maximizing value on investments and also like investments in my time mm. and so forth like basically just trying to i always think of it as like mm. making the best experience possible and like that is really what like wealth is wealth is right. experiences yeah. i mean wealth is what enables good experiences so like mm all those things like making money like yeah try to maximize that i think and then when you maximize that then that makes you more able to make the best experience possible for yourself and the people around you and uh and everybody else mm. yeah yeah kind of sounds like kind of sounds like what jack dorsey might have been saying on uh with Andrew Yang, like he was talking about how he wants to give away a lot of his money and stuff. Yeah, that was interesting. That. A lot of those similar reasons. And then once once those people can get out of poverty, poverty they can make better uh, better allocations for those ideas. Like they can make their their signal can be more accurate as how they value those ideas on those media marketplaces, and then everybody gets a better signal. Yeah, well. Accurate. Once people get out of the level of poverty, where like they can only really think about themselves and like you know their their son or the people immediately around them, then they can start producing wealth and positive some games and value for everybody else. Like if you have extra time, then you can spend more time right. like on Twitter or on Medium or on YouTube, like helping other people make financially better decisions and helping assets, uh, helping the market allocate yeah. to the best assets and companies and stuff like that, or making music or making like cool surfing videos right. or, you know, any of those things. Hmm. And learning. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like better price signal for ideas. More liquidity for ideas. I feel like I was talking about that maybe like a year ago. And maybe I didn't explain it very well. Like liquidity for ideas and idea meritocracy. Yeah, I'm not sure you mean.
Um, all right. Well, I think I'm gonna. I'm running out of steam. I'm gonna maybe do some more research. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah. The last thing I'll set. Oh, what? I want to look at. Yeah, I was. I. I. I've seen this list of cognitive. Oh biases. yeah, that, is that where it is? I, I thought that's wrong. where it was. Is that what no, you're building too? It's a long list. Okay. Um, yeah. So I probably could just. I mean, it, it'd be nice to like kind of cherry pick because like, it's a long list. It's got to be like a hundred right. things to pick which ones are the most appropriate to make it more manageable. But I, I find myself looking up these things all the time, like. Someone will say something, and I'll just be like, boom, it's this type of bias. Like, boom, right away. Because um, I, I see it so often. It's really frustrating. Another thing which um, I think about whenever I hear anybody say the word frustrating, um, and I say it for myself, too, uh, are you familiar with Marcus Aurelius and Stoicism? Yeah, he's got a quote yeah, like, yeah, you're yeah. always complicit in being frustrated. Like, no, no one outside of you can frustrate you. Yeah. Uh, only you can make the decision to allow something to be, to frustrate you. Right. So that's just something that I keep in mind right. often regarding right. frustration and anything like that. Like, nobody has the power mm. to frustrate me. And really, I'm better off when I'm not frustrated. So maybe that's an opportunity that you can just turn that frustration into something that's uh, more value creating. Yeah, um, I've been thinking about that a lot the last like week or so, um, especially with like, you know, getting frustrated over people not understanding Bitcoin, like instead just just celebrate that people don't understand Bitcoin because we're way ahead of the curve or like that, like, like, crypto girls get a lot of followers and like how can I use that turn that into like a business model um instead of just being frustrated about it like it's it's like my my brain telling me that there's something important or something something possibly useful and then like just recognizing that I can turn yeah. it around and turn have it you been thinking about productive. doing the uh that marketing kind of startup recently cool yeah, yeah, me and Mike are still working on it. Um, we have like a working document. Um, I think the, the real tough part now is like where, which, where to begin, like which, which topic area do we pick and how general or specific is it? And like, which, which it's like, I think the value is in the bridge. So say like, Getting, getting a bunch of people who maybe follow basketball to be exposed to like finance. So if we make a, a Twitter account that's like, like, like basketball give, crypto giveaways versus NBA crypto giveaways versus Chicago Bulls crypto giveaways. So kind of like that. And then just thinking about what are those, what are the most valuable bridges that can get the most people who aren't, that who don't have eyes on buying 
to get eyes on Bob. Right. Because um, it's, I'm, I'm just thinking about, I've been thinking about the bridge, bridges, so it's connecting new spheres. Like it's not the content, because we're not really creating the content. We're just, we're incentivizing the creation of the content. But the value comes from the bridge creation, like the, the, like the, the, funnel. Like the bridge between the new spheres. The funnel, the flow. Yeah, that's yep. cool. And that's a good way to uh, turn that turn that frustration into things that are valuable and helpful for people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I gotta talk to Mike. Um, do you know if he's? Uh, I'm not sure. You're I'll have to ask him about that. I also tried inviting him to this call, but he didn't uh, okay. respond. So I don't know what he's up to now. Okay. He's busy playing, yeah, maybe uh, you know, like he was pre that last Warfare night. Game, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's been playing a lot of playing poker. Yeah, like I think for no money. He's probably really into it. He's having like <laughs> he's having like. An... I don't know how that works. The yeah, that's game. true. I don't know. I think he's the just, game. He's, just just do he's never really played much, and he was always kind of closed off to it. But now he's like, just like, I, I guess he enjoyed our games, and he's really <laughs> liking the whole concept of the game. All right, all right. Yeah, I uh, I downloaded that that game just earlier. The the one the yeah, I downloaded like it too. I haven't played it. I'm also getting my dad. My dad plays a lot of games on. Uh, his tablet, so he was playing PUBG and yeah, he was uh, playing PUBG, right? He's also playing Call of Duty. I keep, yeah, right. but he's only played like play one game on into a, it on a tablet. So I don't know what's up with that. What do you mean? I thought you said it was. I thought you said it was easier. No, nah, it's not more difficult on a tablet. On I think tablet like like Fortnite's a game. It's kind of like other games, okay, like, okay. you know, like PUBG or anything like that. But then there's this whole other amount of controls for, for building. And so, like, uh, yeah, having hotkeys, yeah. like, hotkeys. it's best to have it on your mouse so that it becomes more of, like, an athletic kind of game where you're, like, constantly... Mm. You, you have to have a lot of buttons at the same time to be able to really play it really well. You can play it and just, like, have fun with it just like any other game, uh, just like any other shooting game. But it does help to have uh, more uh, more buttons that you can push. So on the iPad, it becomes a bit more difficult because the buttons are further away. Hmm. I, think Civ, yeah. I think Civ could work out really nice. Um, we should... There's a lot, a lot about it, I think, yeah. well. Being turn-based and like and I, I can teach you guys and then also because it's turn-based and everyone's going at the same time like if if one person finishes really quickly and then someone else like unless you're at war like if someone else is having difficulty figuring something out or like deciding what to do then we can help each yeah other or just dominate and just steal their cities and just leave them faster. with one little city in the arctic <laughs> yeah also, I think I think there is a way where like I can set my difficulty oh, to be cool. much higher than than your guys. Or like you could 
you could even do it at different levels. Like I could be at DD and you and James could be at like uh like King or Emperor and then and then like oh, Mike be, and Michaeli could be that'd on, be like, cool. I never thought about that or something to try and balance it out. Yeah, yeah. Because there's there's like six or seven difficulty levels. So because like you and James have played a lot, I've played a yeah, ton. Yeah, well, Mike we should definitely we should make sure Michaela gets it because I didn't think he was gonna get it. He should get it on his own computer that he has, like his dad's computer or whatever. So it's on his account, and then we should definitely do that because that's like that's like poker. But I hope he did. Oh, dude, I it, it, it expired today at eleven a.m. I hope he did. Oh snap! It is. Yeah, today is the twenty eighth. Yeah, dude. Ah, I hope we got it. Yeah, I mean, I hope so too. That'd be really fun. I mean, even if we didn't get it, we could just play with like me, you, James, and Steve, Mike, and uh, that'll be good. And then if McKelly wants to buy it or whatever, then he can because he missed out if he missed out. But um, that'd be fun, like be like poker, but just more different, interesting, and plus the music's really good and. I haven't played seven like I haven't played seven five years. Actually four and a half years. I I played one one game at wow. the end of two thousand fifteen and it was crazy. And then before that, maybe I don't know. Um, I've been said four. Right? No. Nope. I, I just Have downloaded it for the first six? time. You probably haven't even played Civ Six. Oh man, yeah, it's way yeah, better. It's 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 nice. It's cool. It's really, it's really fun. Have uh, you played multiplayer? And, I, I, and multiplayer is like even better. I played a little bit with one my one friend Zach like a bunch of times, okay. but never with more than one person. So yeah, I used to play a lot of Civ Three with James in his basement. I think, I think it'd be awesome. <laughs> oh my god! I can't. Yeah, I played Civ Three as well. It must have been really like simple they didn't Civ four was still squares right yeah most of my experience has been squares with, uh, like 99.999 percent of it has been squares so <laughs> when we play i'll just i'll just play squares because that's what i'm comfortable with yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think it'll be fun like i can cool. really expedite the learning curve too so and the expansions are okay. Bad. Well, I'll probably stick with the regular game for a while because money is like pretty valuable and tight, and I could probably just do a lot. I I probably won't play that much. Yeah, right? just you. like playing with you guys would be fun. I think. And yeah. and then we can start betting on the games too. So we're just gotta give uh, you like you know twenty to one odds. <laughs> and we'll do like way too much money. We'll do like a thousand dollars, so it's like really heated. Oh, dude! Yeah. All right. Thanks for chatting. Thanks hey, for man, the, it was good talking with you. Um, I'll post this, uh, or I'll just like I'll put it to anchor. Um, so it'll be online so you can see it. And then I'm also going to like save it in my notion and stuff like that. So I can kind of organize it for the future. Yeah. All right, man. Cool. Thank you. All right. All right. All right talk to you later. Thanks. Have a good day. Bye.